Thank you all for joining us on another Look Again podcast. I uh, love you all. Thanks for supporting and thanks for tuning in to our newest episode. Yeah, thank you so much for showing up, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Thank you all for joining us again. All right, so today we kind of had a, a fun idea to talk about. We wanted to talk about source. This is something I feel like we hear a lot in the mindful, conscious communities, meditation era, you know. It's something we hear a lot, but like, what does that actually mean? People tell us to breathe into our source. They tell us to go to source, but what is source? Has anybody actually told you what it was? The word source is something you hear a lot in spiritual communities, science communities, meditation guidances, like yoga classes, instructional breathing, exercises, metaphysical talks, et cetera, et cetera, you know, all these different places. So you hear this word a lot and we want to actually like break it down a bit and talk about it. So the direction to source is something we speak about, but not so much of, of it. What is its nature? Where is it? The idea of speaking about source and like how it can be experienced in many different ways. So this sparked our interest. So we're very curious about it and just kind of hear our perspectives because I know ours might vary a little bit and they also might be similar. So I'm really excited to just dive in. Yeah, so what do y'all think the source means? Like, what does that mean to you? And how does it, like, affect you inwardly and outwardly? I think the source is located in New York, the headquarters. It was a magazine that put out hip-hop information. It's like, no, 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 just joking. To me, you know, I'll jump it off. Source, to me, reminds me of the force. And, you know, I'm a big Star Wars head, as we all are. You know, it's like that connection that is within everything and everyone and tapping into it can help you attain inner peace, balance, groundedness, you know, and a lot of other things that will make you more present uh, and connected. I mean, I guess to me, that's what it is. And, um, you know, you can get more and more rooted into it. The more you do practice these contemplative practices, such as yoga, pranayama, Kriya Yoga, Buddhist practices, and, you know, all that type of stuff. And it speaks to you and through you. Yeah, sure. Um, I was just looking up the definition of source, just to give us an idea. It says a place, person, or thing from which something comes or can be obtained. Hmm. I don't know if I really agree with that completely. I like the idea of it being a noun, you know, place, person, or thing from which something comes. But at the same time, when I think of the source, I think of that's what we all come from, right? Is the source, you know, like in the beginning, there was this, you know, but at the same time, it's like in physics, right? Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It's the source is more to me than just what we came from. It is what we are, right? I guess, you know, like concept of like, they were all made out of stardust. So I don't know, I guess I would just say it's what we are, what we initially were, and what we're trying to get back to. That's my final answer. I like the phone a friend. <laughs> I don't think I know what it is, but I have some ideas what I think it is. And I think source is consciousness. It's not like a material thing. It's more of like an energetic thing. It's something, Andy, how you said it, it's something we are, it's something we came from, and it's something we will eventually go back to. I feel like it happens in multiple ways too. It's like, outside of us and inside of us. It's not just inside or it's just outside. I do feel like we are of it and it is of us 
all that is as above, so below kind of vibe. I feel like it's this origin of where we feel like we actually come from. That's why I feel like it's source because it's like a place we come from. That's kind of what I'm feeling. So it's kind of like a universally acceptable way to say like God, Allah, Yahweh, you know, like that, you know, like you were saying, the the primal source of creation, which we are with, we are part of, and we are a representation of. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I do feel like there's some sort of, it is all that is. So David, real quick. So then I'm sure you're thinking the same way, but just, and I'm sure our listeners know too, because they know who we are. But when you say it's where we came from, expand on that a little more. I mean, when you say we, is like all and every and all thing, right? Like all things, right? Not because I'm sure some people are like, what do you mean we? Just like human beings or uh, just people on planet earth or people in this galaxy or consciousness in the universe multiverse just consciousness right just consciousness and to like relay on that i think aliens or you know like extraterrestrial beings they have consciousness but they're not of this earth but if anything dies and goes somewhere after they die like a conscious retrieval of soul or retracting of soul energy going somewhere i feel like that's where we go to is retract to source. I mean, who knows? Maybe source is like where we came from before we came into to the womb of our mothers. What do you think, Ali? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to what you all are saying, and it sounds a lot like what I'm thinking. I mean, it seems like the source is energetically um, where we're working on getting back to, but we are a part of. We're in this human experience to realize that we are that source. I mean, it may take you many incarnations. It may take you different practices. It may take you on different paths, but you're working on realizing that you, like it's all about that realization that you are the source and everything is the source. We all are the source. I mean, we all seem separate in this, on this plane, on this dimension, whatever you want to call it. Like there's all this separation, but seems like the whole end goal of, of this incarnation or this manifestation of, of the source is like our perspective of it, but realizing that we are one with it and one with everybody. Yeah. So it seems to me, as we're talking about this, that all of us seem to have the same idea kind of, have y'all heard of any other ideas or different viewpoints kind of on the source? Any other things that, you know, because we all kind of describe the same type of thing, but have you heard of any other stuff where you've heard people say, well, I think the source is like this. I can see some people thinking about like the earth having a source, the earth having this energy. And it's kind of like, we are of the earth and we are like natives to the earth. And I don't know, man. If you think about it, there's a lot of people that think the source is some dude in robes and a long beard sitting up in the clouds in heaven. I mean, like yeah. to a lot of people, that's the, their reality of what the source is. It's like, that's God to them is that, that dude in the robe and the sandals with the staff sitting on the throne up in the clouds in heaven. And like, that's, that's the source to them. So I think it, it definitely means different things to different people. I mean, you figure like in Greek mythology, what was it like Mount Olympus was Zeus the source? You mean like up on Mount Olympus and like there were all the other gods and goddesses up there, but I feel like it takes a lot of different forms in a lot of different religious and spiritual practices around the world. And as biological beings, source could be biological chemistry. Right. It could be steaming an egg. 
yeah, there's nothing we're made of that doesn't exist around us that isn't conscious. It's just like our makeup somehow life and consciousness happens within us. You know, in science, it could be like momentum, spin, all these angular momentum, yaw, pitch. You know, there's all these like mathematical terms too where you can sort of explain it that way. And I think there's like Buddhist explanations of reincarnation. And then that book that we all read of the afterworld, the Bardo, and I feel like that is some source. I I feel like source can be found in psychedelics, you know, and like very heavy trips so yeah and it, for like all of our atheist people listening to the source to them might be the seed and the uh the egg you know what i mean like their parents like that's their so like there's no deeper interconnection it's just that the source for me is that egg and that sperm that made me and that was the beginning of my consciousness and my existence and then it just went from there and then when i'm done i'll go back into the dirt and the worms will eat me and that's the end of it yeah, it's crazy and that's the source hearing you guys say that stuff now i'm thinking of stuff like you know common sense think of stuff like that like some think the sperm and the and the egg some people probably just think the big bang is the source right some people might even think the sun is the source right they praise that like ali said the one that blew me the most is ali saying you know a lot of people think it's this guy in robes and the beard i'm like <laughs> shit like that's probably the majority of people think that you know what i mean we're probably the ones that are a lot different than they are so it's, it's interesting I, I think it's really cool and it could be like the ancient Sumerian Babylonian tale with uh, Enki and Enlil, like, you know, where they were on a ship and they manifested life on this planet. They, and to some people, that is the source of everything. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely can look like you were saying a lot of different ways to a lot of people. And I know that is a dope ass tale talking about how the earth was seated on a starship with uh, little vials of source creation to be able to, oh, source, there's a word again, but uh, source creation to be able to create what we see as reality on this earth. And so here's a moment where you caught yourself saying the word with, you know, like we're having a podcast of like defining what that means. Cause it's like, how often do you get to talk about this? You know, we say the source of something, but like, where is that? I feel like that's what we're trying to do. Cause you're, you're saying going back to source energy, but it's like, where how far do we go back where is it you know this is what i'm finding interesting is like what is it it's funny like a lot of stuff you'll read that the source is the source is within you but then like if you ever read the holy science they talk about like the grand center like the source of all consciousness is a place in the universe where like the earth gets closer and further away from it and people's consciousness evolves the how far close we are away the further away we are the lower our consciousness is like in the dark ages the closer we are when our consciousness at the highest, like when um when we were like building pyramids and stuff, you know what I mean? So they talk about it being within you, but they also talk about the fact that it's a physical place in the universe that the earth gets closer and further away from. Interesting, yeah. And they also talk about the source being like that big bang, you know what I mean? That is the source of creation. Once vibration, that ohm started resonating, that was the source of everything that is in our physical universe which has the that grand center that you're talking about and ruminates all the way out to the level that we're on on one of the celestial beings that is following our sun getting closer and closer to that grand center as the grand clock passes so that's another thing that they always say is like the big bang yeah there's some source bang bang 
I want to change my vote now. Now I want to change it to that. I believe that my source is the reptilian alien species that came here on a spaceship with all of the genetic DNA that makes up everything on this planet. Final answer. You're going with reptilians. <laughs> reptilian race. That's definitely, that's my new one. Well, Ahmed was talking about like the Anunnaki and the Anunnaki splice the genes of pre-existing apes on planet earth to mine gold for the Anunnaki. You met one personally. Is that how you know this information? No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's the Anunnaki creation story. Wasn't Bigfoot rolled up in there somewhere? Uh, man, I don't know. Like, oh, right. what do you think? Because you're the Bigfoot guy. I mean, <laughs> I think Bigfoot's from here. Bigfoot's been here. Bigfoot's an interdimensional being <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's always going to be around. I think he peed on Ramon's head. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, I, I think that about Bigfoot. I think some are more physical than others, though, but... (laughs) David, what's your theory on the fact that the Anunnaki uh, are like those people that are inhabiting uh, Sirius, uh, one of the planets that's... The closest star near our planet, Sirius B. Sirius B. And uh, the Dogon people uh, knew about that star even before NASA did. They have cave drawings... That Ledbetter, I think his name was, a French scientist, went over there. I could be messing the uh, name up, but I know he went over there and, and was supposed to stay over there for the, for a couple months, but went over there for, you know, a couple decades. And he was amazed by this culture of little people, not like uh, midgets, or that might not be the politically correct way of saying it, but they were smaller people. But they had knowledge of planet Sirius that, you know, NASA only found out about maybe like decades after Homeboy came back or went back to France. And, you know, they had games that they played in the dirt, the kids did, where it explained the cycles and the way that our planets and stars move. So they were like a really advanced civilization, yet they were living in the mountains. And they also talked about that we came from humans derived from whales or dolphins or, you know, came from the sea. So my my real question is, is what do you think the connection is with like Sirius and the Anunnaki and, you know, the reality that we are, we were created from, you know, apes, like you said, spliced with other genes to mine gold and, you know, and I think it was, wasn't, weren't we supposed to mine gold so we could, so they could spray it on their atmosphere to protect them from the fact that they, messed up their atmosphere and like radiation was coming in or something to that extent. Yeah. There's so many creation stories. I think that's the reptilians that needed, no, the reptilians couldn't like produce any more babies. So they needed us to like help with like sperm and like reproduction stuff. Cause they lost their reproduction. The Anunnaki, I don't remember why they needed the gold. I think you're right though. I think it might've had something to do with the weather, Man, there's there's tons of creation stories, but like the one that I kind of lean more towards on because I like I love hearing them all and I like hearing how they're all different. But my favorite one is how we were uh, monkeys on the plains of Africa and we were in dietary restrictions and we had to come down from the trees to the ground. And as we came to the ground, we started eating mushrooms and those mushrooms were psychedelic mushrooms. And I think the mushroom is the alien because biology cannot explain the growth of a brain. It like doesn't fit 
in the like natural progression of how biological and adaptation happens. So I feel like we had to explode our consciousness in some other way. But uh, yeah, I used to play with the Anunnaki and like gene spicing stuff. And I still, I like thinking about that because I like to keep my brain open, but I kind of believe in more of us eating psychedelic mushrooms and being monkeys. Stone dape. I still find it hard to believe that people came from monkeys. You know what I mean? Like I get, I see the whole evolution thing and like the, okay, the, it hand, it happened randomly. I don't know about that. I don't know about the whole, I mean, maybe my, I don't know about the mushrooms. I still find it hard to believe that people came from monkeys. Like that just doesn't, something about that doesn't resonate with me, doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. Like, I don't know about the whole garden of Eden and like people just two people being magically put there either. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't know about the monkeys. Like I'm, I'm, what do you, I'm feeling what do you think, Ali? Do you have another theory? Besides yeah. What do you think? Evolving from an, uh, another creature. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I feel like humans have been here in the way that we are humans for a lot longer than than they give it credit for. I'm not sure where humans came from or wh- what it was, but I, just something. It, it never has made sense to me from from classes I've taken, from books I've read. The whole monkeys evolving into humans thing, like it, it just something about it just doesn't sit right or make sense to me. Where I feel like it's more of a um, there may be more of a spiritual, energetic thing involved, like a, a conscious, like maybe us getting closer, further away from the grand center, like a shifting, like a consciousness evolution type thing. But yeah, even physically, like we don't, people don't really look like monkeys. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of physical differences. So I don't know. Yeah. One thing that's funny about the Adam and Eve story, it's like the first drug bust, you know, like Yahweh is like, don't eat of the fruit, which is like a conscious expanding thing. And the person who does it is a woman. It's the woman that expands our consciousness first. And then Adam is just like with Eve and it's Eve, the one that does the eating of the fruit. And then Adam follows. So it's it's interesting to think about. Like it was the woman's endeavor that like helped us expand our consciousness. And then Yahweh was like, oh, banned us to earth or something. You know, it's very interesting stories when you think about it. Like it's the world's first drug bust. I know uh, one of the dopest stories that our teacher ever told us was like the yogic interpretation of the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, correlating it to Ida and Pengala, which terminate out your uh, left and right nostril. And, you know, they say the serpent that is tempting you is that kundalini energy. If you see it, like, it's a serpent energy that's dormant in you. But when you use Ida and Pengala to use piranha or breath, push you up through your energy centers. How does it move up through your energy centers? In a snake-like fashion. But, yeah. With like a double helix, a strand of DNA, kind of double helix. Or the catechus or like whatever it is that's in the uh, red, blue cross, red cross or whatever it is on ambulances. Yeah, it's like it's a universal medical symbol. Exactly. Yeah, it's DNA strip. They say that it's taking you all the way. And, and the snake, you know, they always were trying to figure out like what those headdresses mean in Egypt and why they come out their forehead it's just because it was letting people know where that kundalini, kundalini energy was tapped into in those enlightened beings who was pharaohs. And they were, you know, their third eye was awakened. You know what I mean? So I think that that story is a, a dope story, but it can be interpreted just like source can be interpreted a lot of different ways. And 
you know, that that's just the story, I guess, that resonated with me, the way that our teacher kind of taught us about, you know, Ida and Pengala being Adam and Eve, masculine, feminine energies in your body, uniting them through Shashumna, raising them up and getting that apple of knowledge by opening up your third eye. Yeah, and I know another part to that yogic story is like um, like that whole fall from grace, like leaving the Garden of Eden had a lot to do with like when you, you know, I mean, you take your kundalini energy up and the way to drop it down is through, um, you know, I mean, ejaculation, having sex, you know, what I mean, like that's the way to drop your energy down. And that apple represented like the energy going down, like the, that down out through that root chakra. You know what I mean? After you have like, because you're trying to raise it up. But if you throw it, as Uncle Will used to always say, like it's going down and out. And that's the reason the apple was red representing your, your your root chakra and then that was the reason for that fall out of the garden of even because they were living in that high consciousness but then it was you know what i mean the naked bodies represented them getting caught up in lust and then the red the apple um and the whole fall of the energy down out of the garden of eden was the not the sex act but the throwing of the energy after the sex or at the end of the sex act so that was the reason for the the lower vibration interesting which kind of correlates to what you said about you know where we are consciously when we're at the grand center and furthest away, like, you know, the reason why probably we were so creative in creating pyramids and other monolithic things that we can't duplicate to this day. To this day. To this day. That that energy, you know, we, we weren't really firing it out. We were keeping that cerebral spinal fluid and that ohas intact and yoga and, other, you know, higher sciences was like us understanding what a TV was. Like everybody knows what a TV is now, but like back then it was common knowledge to know about not throwing your energy and keeping your body right, eating right. And, you know, all that type of stuff. So I think that that is, you know, one of the other reasons why, you know, we were so high is because, you know, that knowledge was common. And now it's, you looked at as a wise man, if you know that now, because we're so far away from that grand center, we're rising up though. So there is hope. Yes. There's always hope. And it's interesting too, cause you're talking about like monolithic structures. And, um, I actually just finished a book about like how ancient technologies were just so way more advanced than what we can do now. Like Baalbek is like ancient site that has like one of the biggest pieces of rock that was ever placed and it's like modern technology can't move that rock. It's like, I don't even know, like tons and tons and blah, blah. it's like billions of tons and it's huge. It's fucking huge. It's like, it's a lot of people. <laughs> you don't have enough machinery. We can't do that to this day? No, to this day. We cannot do that. I feel like the only way to do that is through like, you know, we, we're we subject to gravity and and. and gravitational poles but you would have to cancel gravity and i think you can cancel gravity through waves so if you like figure out like a sine wave because you're saying like the earth is oming the earth like vibrates at a certain frequency so if we can like you know creating a binaural beat is two different frequencies but you hear the the combination of the two so it's like the the wave in which you hear is the wave is the between you know I don't know. That's some sort of source, you know, like tapping into some heavy rock moving. It's got to be pretty wild. I heard uh, that in Egypt, that's why they had all the obelisks all around is because they reverberated a lot of that energy and that was coming off of whatever. Maybe people were chanting ohm or chanting something else or something. And they were able to, like you were saying, 
either telepathically move those rocks into those monoliths that are pyramids, or, you know, it might have been something from a different dimensional thought that they brought into reality. Uh, I'm not sure which one it is, but, you know, when you were talking about vibrations, I know that's what popped in my head is that, you know, I've definitely seen in certain books and documentaries and stuff like that, that that is one of the reasons why those obelisks, not that, not just phallic symbols, they reverberated vibrational energy to help them move those um, huge stones. I know this isn't one of our questions, but still, since we're talking about this, I figured that I should throw this out there. It's killing it. It's, this is a great conversation. I think this is really awesome. And when I'm listening to y'all talk about all this stuff, I think it's so mind-blowing to me. You know, especially with what Ali said, he's like, very adamant about like, I don't think we come from these monkeys, right? It don't make no damn sense, right? So it's an evolutionary theory. It's Big Bang Theory. You have all these different concepts that we've been talking about, the source, and then we talked about things like the sun and all, you know, like there's all these different views, the atheists, so it's just this and that. Like, how isn't this more discussed? You know, like how isn't this like the number one topic that scientists and people should be working on to figure out like where the fuck we came from, right? It's, it seems like some people, like back in the day, they were really like battling with theories. I'm like, I think this is what it is. And I think this is what it is. And it seems like they just like settled on one and were like, yeah, I guess this one, we can't think of an opposite to this or or we can't think of some some counters to this. So let's just go with this. But it seems like, you know, at least all of us seem like a lot of this stuff we don't really agree with. And I'm sure there's got to be a lot of our listeners that are like, yeah, a lot of this shit that people say just doesn't make sense. You know, like how, it's just so crazy to me. That, that we're such an advanced species and we still don't know shit about where we came from. It's wild. I, you know, I feel like maybe we don't talk about it as much is because we don't know how to or we get triggered because someone doesn't believe what we believe or there's like disagreement or like we just don't have the language to say that. Like how often like, yo, I mean, what's up, man? Like, How's source treating you? It's It feels like kind of taboo to speak of metaphysical things on like a regular basis. You know, you're more worried about like who won the Super Bowl or we tend to fill our day up with things that feel meaningful, but maybe not resonate as like meaningful of like it's. A, and honestly, I don't know if we can answer that question. Like maybe we can. I don't know. Maybe science can like, oh, you know, like string theory, this and then quantum physics and then Big Bang and, uh, you know, molecular soup and, you know, convecular turn. And the, here we are. And then you have like, oh, we just ate it, the garden of fruit or, you know, oh, aliens came down and spliced some DNA and or oh, so many ways. So it's like it, it's hard to pick one. I like to I like to play with them all because you can't pick one. So I like to just sit in them all and be like. Maybe they're all real. Perspective, you know? Honestly, the reason why people can't find time to talk about stuff like this is because of something that, you know, Andy says a lot, like we're human doings and not human beings because we're always, everybody has like nine to fives and we're concerned about keeping, you know, the essentials, uh, you know, roof over our head, food in our refrigerators, clothes on our back. And that's a serious hustle right there where, we're blessed, like all four of us right now and some of our listeners who do dive into these type of theories are blessed to be able to have the time to deliberate about this type of stuff. But 
to the masses, like, man, they in the rap race and they don't have time to actually just be and contemplate and dive deep. And, you know, we were blessed with great teachers who kind of put us in contact with other great teachers who wrote books and, you know, taught practices and preserved the practices and stuff like that. So we can go deep. And, you know, I think that that is one of the main reasons why it's not talked about as much is because people are doing too much and not being. I think it's very well said. I'm, I, I watched Castaway today where he's like in the background and he wasn't thinking about <laughs> where we came from. He was just trying to survive. And you're so right. There are so many people out here who like, I just need to get to the next fucking day. You know, like I don't really even, that's just, that's, that's just I just think that's a really, really good point. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think ignorance is bliss. Like, like, like for real. Like, it's it's easier for somebody just for 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 us to have like two different options. One is God created Adam and Eve and threw him in the Garden of Eden, and the other one is that everybody was monkeys and we evolved into people. Like everything else around that, like takes a lot of thought and like can get scary to some people and like gets people thinking in different ways. And I think it's just that whole ignorance bliss thing is real. Like if those are your only two options. And you're either on one side of that or you're on the other side of that. But like, I mean, nothing's really black or white. There's all these huge gray areas and different shades in between that are probably closer to the truth. But yeah, I think that's it. It's just, it just makes things a lot easier for people to digest if there's just those two options. Would you rather be the gorillas that still are here today or the human that we evolved into? If that theory was real. You know, because how's that even fuck? How they're still monkeys? Then, if we came from, shouldn't they have all evolved? Again, I don't, I don't know, understand evolution that much. But back to my question: What would you rather be, the monkey or the human? I'd rather be the human. There's more being than doing, as a human. Because uh, how Ahmed was just saying, referencing you about like we're human, human doings or human beings. And I feel like being a human, there's more being than doing. Like, what do you, when you're sitting in meditation, what do you call a running mind in like a Buddhist world? It's like the monkey mind. Try and get a monkey to sit down to meditate. I don't think that could, I don't think that could happen. But I think there's really, you know, now we're monkeys like flying spaceships to Mars and trying to colonize Mars. Like, I think there's huge frontiers in which we're scaling, you know, even, even frontiers of the mind and consciousness and science. So I, I want to live in that. <laughs> I want to live with like huge amounts of creativity and fun, you know? My bad. I know that was a little off topic. I just, no, it's cool. my mind is just racing around like, holy shit, this is amazing. And none of this, how do we not know this shit yet? It's all so crazy. What do you think? What, back to the monkey question again? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What do you think? What would I rather be? I don't know. I think some days I'd rather be the monkey. Some days I'd rather be the human. It depends on how I'm feeling. I think I'm going with the human all day long. I mean, like, I like being out in nature. I like bananas and fruits and vegetables and shit and nuts. But, like, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of benefits to being it. I mean, it's it's rough being a human, but I feel like like we have so much information at our fingertips these days as being a human. Like, travel is, you know I mean, like, we can go places that monkeys can't. Like, monkey, you're stuck in a whatever, wherever you are and... I feel like just so many limitations, like the, the nature and like being in being in harmony with nature is appealing. But I feel like everything else about being a human is uh, a little more appealing to me. It's a completely different kingdom. 
animal kingdom and human kingdom, you know? But now we're going even deeper because, I mean, we, we don't know what, what the monkey thinks. You know, what happens if the monkey can astral travel just like we can, but they're like savvy vets at it and they can go to any planet and any place in the world and they can see anything. And what happens, you know, like what if their capabilities are way beyond humans? We don't even know. It's kind of like Bigfoot. That's what I was going to say. Bigfoot has more powers, right? He's walking around. What about this? Ali, huh? here we go. Would you rather be Bigfoot or human, Ali? I know this is going way off topic, but. I mean, I don't think we even need to answer, ask that question. I would be a go Bigfoot 24-7, <laughs> man. That's right. Call us the Hendersons. In Attack on Titan, Ali, one of the toughest Titans is a Bigfoot. So just put it out there. I don't doubt it. Interesting. Cool. So. Sometimes you hear people say things like, go to the source or breathe in the source, right? So where do y'all think the source is actually located? Or, I mean, does it even have a location? So, I mean, I'm sure you guys led a meditation or been in a meditation workshop where somebody's like, now breathe it in from source. And you're kind of like, well, where, like, what? And then when someone references like that, it's saying it's outside of you. But then I've also heard people say that source is within, like go go within to find the source. So I feel like that's why it's really weird thing because the word source is referenced in so many different ways. And like personally, I think it is external and internal. I think it's both outside of us and I think it's inside of us. I think it's constantly all around us. I sort of vision it as like a rainbow, like a rainbow doesn't exist until your vision and light and until everything meets together in a right angle, then a rainbow appears. But that doesn't mean it never not appeared or doesn't exist. It always exists. It always, it just depends on like your angle of like the light meets the reflecting thing and then your eyes being able to view it. So I do think it is both. Yeah, I feel like the source is one of those um, omnipresent things. Like it's everywhere. It's all pervasive. There's no limit to like it, it, there's nowhere that it isn't. I feel like a lot of the stuff in yoga is about going inward to find the source. And a lot of stuff in Tantra is about expanding your consciousness outward to be one with the source. Like with everything, there's different paths to tap into it. And there's I think there's different reference points for that source. But I don't think there's anywhere where it isn't like some like I know. I feel like I feel the source a lot when I'm out in nature, like by myself. Like, I feel like just kind of like, I mean, like after you, well, I feel like after I walk off, um, whatever energy has been on me and I am just kind of there. And there's that, like, you start feeling everything you start like, and like just physically and energetically, you start feeling everything. You start smelling the smells, you start feeling the sun, the wind, start listening to all the sounds and you just feel the source has, to, has a lot to do with connection connection to yourself connection to the outside world just that interconnectedness of everything and just feeling one with him for whatever reason um out in nature by myself is where i feel feel the strongest i think i concur with ali where it is omnipresent i think that you know they always talk about in yoga that the source is universal and that's like the ocean and we have a drop of that ocean inside of our soul so we are part of that source and we are the source and you know it's all about having this human experience uh learning things that we can only learn on this level until you know we might have to keep repeating our incarnations to learn everything that we need to 
to get back to that source. But I think it's everywhere and in everything. Yeah, like I really resonate with the idea omnipresence. So, but like when you when you said that, I thought about this. Like, if it's omnipresent to you, Atman, and it's omnipresent to Ali. So say your omnipresence starts within inside of you, but if it's omnipresent within inside Ali and you, then there's like two different versions of where the origin of the source of omnipresence starts. So it's like, because when I think omnipresent, I I think not only is it everywhere, there's like a core of where it starts and then it expands from there. But do you do you feel like it does that from inside of us, or do you feel like it? It's just we're all kind of like have our own little drop of ocean within us and it's all the same. Is it like a Wi-Fi signal? I think our perception is that we're all a drop of the ocean, but we all are the ocean. You know what I mean? Like that's our vantage point of the ocean is like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like each drop is each drop. I mean, it takes all those drops to make up the ocean. Like there's no, there's no like, you mean, you're not a drop floating out above the ocean. Like you're a part of that ocean. So I think it's just, and all those drops blend together. Like when you're in the ocean and you're swimming around, you're not like feeling each drop, you're feeling the entire ocean. So I think it's just that delusion of separate drops when it's actually one big, vast ocean that we're all a part of. So like, I guess we talked about it a little bit, but do you feel like source is infinitely existing or does it instantaneously occur within a phenomenon or within like, like a thought and then there it is compared to like it wasn't here or do you think it's like continuously waiting for you to arrive to realize it's constantly there what is your idea on that i feel like it's always waiting for us i mean i think most people don't know it's there and the people that do know it's there it's hard to stay focused on it you know what i mean like i feel like it's never it's always accessible to us but i feel like there's so many distractions in the physical world that pull your consciousness away from that source and to these mundane things that don't get me wrong. This shit's pretty fun. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of entertaining things to do on the physical plane, gratify your senses to even beautiful things like loving other people, like having kids. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in this physical world that'll draw your attention away from that source. But like, once you know how to get there, it's always accessible and it's hard to stay there. Like, cause things are constantly pulling your consciousness away from it. And like, kind of on that lower vibrational stuff. So I think it's something that's just sitting there. I remember Uncle Will used to always say, like, it's always sitting there waiting for you. It's just a matter of whether or not you're going to go towards it and whether or not you're going to stay there. Because, like, there's all these distractions. It's up to you. Like, it, like it's your what you decide to do with your conscious awareness. Like, are you going to be focused on the source or are you going to be focused on the, the physical world? And and, and it's just that it's, it's up to you. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think it's infinitely existing. All the time, all the time, all the time. Just a matter, like Ali's saying, is you realizing it. It's always waiting. It's always there. It's a matter of removing the veils and actually seeing it. I think the best example has been said is the drop in the ocean. You know, it's the, it's kind of that difference between self-consciousness and, and real consciousness, you know? Like, either you're focused on just the I and the ego, or you realize, hold up, I'm not drop, I'm the damn ocean. Yeah, it's interesting to think in some aspects it infinitely exists. It's constantly around us. But I also do feel like a certain state of being can promote it 
that it instantaneously happens even more kind of like a magnet like a magnet is always magnetizing but when it magnetizes near a magnet in the right way it pulls things really close so like the gravitation of it so i do feel like um maybe that's what meditation and yoga and you know like all these different things do is they like create an energetic magnet towards like the thing we c- were trying to label as source right now you know whether that be like art, music, science, reading, nature, yoga, mindfulness practices, contemplative shit. Yeah, I definitely think you're right, David. There's stuff that pulls us closer towards it. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that we do that pull us further away from it. And there's certain things that pull us closer towards it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we can all think of something that makes us feel down and low. And what do you mean? Like, like on that negative vibe. And there's other things that we do that kind of uplift us and pull us towards like that, that bliss and that peace and that love. And I, I think it's just like, it's like you said, it's like a magnet. Certain things you are going to pull you in one direction. There are certain things that are going to repel you from it. Yeah. When you said a uh, magnet, it just made me think of the definition of yoga, which is union or to yoke. Like you're saying, like the magnets kind of pull closer and closer to each other. Yoga kind of unites us with that individual self, with that universal self and pulls you closer and closer to that. So it's like magnetizing your individual small self to that universal big self. Yeah, it's kind of like the the planets and their celestial pole of like the the moon hangs out near the earth because of our gravitational pull, you know? The bending of fabric. I think there's like the fabric of reality is constantly existing around us, but when we learn how to like sit some weight in the things that we want to promote closer to us, then things become in our orbit so we can promote things coming into our orbit that we want if we you know tap into this thing that we're calling source or manifest you know what i mean like if you set your sails at something and you know one individual having their thought on something can bring it to fruition but if a lot of people kind of set their sails on a certain mission it can get there that much quicker just because the whatever you put out there comes back to you boomerang (laughs) well word i got a lot out of this you know i kind of like to think that i can think about things in many different ways but it's really nice to hear different perspectives and hear you guys speak about it and like honestly i still feel like i don't have an answer but what i do feel like is i have many sources that i can go to and think about that make me feel good about figuring out what i think source is you know i see what you did there hey I think it's cool just to get people thinking about it so they're actually looking forward. Because, like, there's, I feel like most people believe that there's something bigger or greater than just us. Like, I mean, I mean, like, us physically. So, like, whatever the conversation that we may be having, that they may be having, that they may be thinking about, as long as we're getting the gears turning, they're moving towards figuring out what that source is to them and how they can tap into it. I think that's all that really matters. Yeah. So, I mean, here's an interesting thing before we sign off is, like, for our audience, if you're like in a workshop, a class, a meditation guidance, or like just, you know, doing some research, or whatever, notice if someone says that word, notice if like, if they're like placing a location on it, notice if it's inside you, outside of you, notice how it makes you feel. Just like take, take a little internal notepad and just kind of see what happens. Yeah. Honestly, I, I thank everybody for uh, tuning in and hearing us shoot the shit on 
the source. And, you know, hopefully everybody tries to figure out what their source of individual creation is and what the source of creation is for the universe and reflect on that. Uh, if they need uh, some literature to dive into, just reach out to us. Thank y'all for listening again. Thanks a lot, y'all. Love y'all. Be safe. Yeah, take care. Peace. Thank you. God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Look Again Podcast. Please feel free to share this content with your friends and community. Also, please consider donating to our Patreon page. You can find us at patreon.com and search for Look Again Podcast. Anything helps and we really appreciate your visit. Thank you so much.